musicians Jan and Elroy on organ and piano and Spirit of Grace praise band today. It's good. How many appreciate our musicians? Amen. So good. Good talents we have here at Grace Church, not to mention our tech crew and Todd is back there and Carl is manning the camera today. And we're so thankful for all of the many volunteers that make Grace Church go and grow. Amen. Amen. And that is what we're about here at Grace. So today, after this period of being apart and a season of Advent, we resume in earnest our sermon series on the biblical truths that are underlying the Apostles' Creed. And uh, you might recall that we began this way back in September, and we've been looking at uh, the truths that underlie this important historic creed. And in the month of December, we took time to really dwell on that one little phrase, from there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. That is, from heaven, Jesus is returning again. Amen? How many of you believe it? And in uh, the Reformed Church, like many most mainline evangelical churches, we believe in the personal, literal, and visible return of Jesus Christ to earth. And uh, that's what we believe, and we've been focusing on that all through the month of December during Advent, because as you know, Advent is not merely a time to celebrate and anticipate the coming of Jesus at Christmas time, his first coming, his birth as a baby, but also a foreshadowing of his second coming, that is when Jesus returns again at the end of time to wipe away evil and sin once for all and to establish his perfect kingdom of righteousness and joy and peace. Amen? Boy, I can't wait for that. So today we're moving on now to the third section of the Apostles' Creed, the third person of the Trinity, in fact, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to share with you from John chapter 14, and I believe the words are on the screen. Maybe, maybe not. I think I forgot to put them in the sermon notes. I'm a little out of practice on slides, but uh, anyhow, follow along or listen as you can. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 23. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because you I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, and my Father will love him. And we, get this, we will come to him and make our home with him. 
Here ends the reading of God's holy word. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord remains forever. Let us pray. God, we're so grateful for this word. We're so grateful, God, that you have given us direction. That you have inspired people of old to write down your words of wisdom, the plan of salvation, that we would not be left to wander through life in the dark, but that you would spell out clearly the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ and your plan to redeem all of humankind from the enemy's grasp. Thank you, God, for your spirit. May you come now and be a part of this time. We pray it and ask it in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have you ever felt really lonely? Chances are you've felt that way more this past year than perhaps ever before as we have been called to restrict our involvement with other people. During this pandemic and this time of social isolation, we find ourselves more alone perhaps than ever before. And we feel lonely. Maybe some of you felt lonely during the holiday season and maybe you weren't able to get together with family and friends like you normally would. Maybe you spent Christmas alone this year. Maybe you spend Christmas alone every year. Maybe you're feeling distant from loved ones or you lost a loved one or a family member this year. Maybe you're single and you live alone, like me, with a cat. <laughs> Not much consolation in that. MD Links, a news service for physicians, reports the newest epidemic in America is loneliness, affecting up to 47% of adults, double the number affected just a few decades ago. Apparently, COVID-19 is not the only pandemic that is affecting we in America and around the world today. And despite all of the means that we have to stay connected, when you think about the technology and social media and cell phones and text messages and the internet, despite all of this great technology, yet we are more lonely than ever before. And even sometimes when we do gather, we may still feel lonely. You can meet with your family and feel like an outsider. You can be with friends and feel that you don't fit in. You may be distant from your spouse or a significant other. You might feel alone in your beliefs or your political views. But today, I have some really, really good news to share with you. No matter who you are, where you are, whatever your marital status, whether you're with people or not, isolated or in a group, you are never alone. Turn to your neighbor and through your mask say, you are never alone. <clears throat> that was a long never alone. Was, uh, you see, not only is God with us, Emmanuel, in the person of Jesus Christ, but 
Today we focus on the fact that God is also in us by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. For you know him, and he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus also said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Hebrews 13, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, says the Lord. And Jesus says, unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to focus as we think about this phrase in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on just three characteristics of the Holy Spirit. I, I really have six of them, but I decided to just break this up. And so we're going to do three today and three next Sunday. Sound like a plan? All right. So three good news reasons the Holy Spirit was sent to us. You might want to take out your outline, fill it in as we go. The Holy Spirit was given to be your, number one, companion. It is the miracle of all miracles that the God of the universe, the God who created all that is, all of the planets, all of the stars, the sun and the moon, and even planet Earth, that this God should take up residence in our hearts. No other religion has a God who does this. No other religion has a God who would dare to do this. Not Islam, not Buddhism, not Hinduism, not even Judaism. In every other religion, man is left to fend for himself. In every other religion, man is left up to his own devices in order to seek God or appease God or to attain heaven. Other religions emphasize man's effort to find God, but only Christianity emphasizes God's efforts to find man, you and me. And not only is Christianity unique in that God comes down to us in the person and the, of our Savior, Lord, and Jesus, but Christianity is most unique in that God comes to live inside us by His Spirit. God is with us. God is within us. You know for he lives with you and will be in you, says Jesus. Paul wrote to the believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? The psalmist said, said it this way in Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Personally, I cannot imagine my life, living life, without the peace and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and if you've never felt that in your life, you are, you're missing something. Because Jesus says, I'm giving you my spirit. There's no greater feeling in the world, there's no greater high in the world than to be filled with the Spirit. 
probably why I'm still single, because I enjoy being alone. I enjoy being simply in the presence of the Spirit. It's how God speaks to me. It's how He gives me sermon ideas. It's how He leads me and guides me through life. And I had lots of time over my break in Michigan in the car ride there and back seven hours each way and uh, over in the mission house where I stayed there in Holland, uh, time alone and probably more time alone this year than, than ever before. It kind of limited my contact with a lot of friends. But the fact is, I am never alone, and neither are you. As you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with you. When diagnosed with cancer, or you get that bad report from the doctor, God is with you. When you lose a loved one, God is with you. When you fall short or feel like a failure, when you're sick or shut in, you are never alone. When faced with challenges or crises or confusion, when feeling alone or alone and isolated and lonely and rejected, you are never alone. The good news is that God has sent the Holy Spirit to be your life companion. Senior companions are nice. Pets are fun to have most of the time. Family and friends are good. A spouse is a true blessing from God. But the Holy Spirit is the best companion ever given. Given by God for you. Do you feel this peaceful presence with you? Jerry Sitzer, a chaplain who was at Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa, when I went to college, that was like in the Jurassic era, you know, for some of you, way back then, he used to say that we are to be pre pregnant with the Spirit. Any mothers here? <laughs> you know what it's like to be pregnant. I mean, you are constantly aware most every minute, almost every second of the time that you are carrying this baby, this child, you are very aware that you are pregnant. In fact, you can't even hide it if you wanted to, right? Some of you said, Pastor, I think you're pregnant. I think you're right. About, about eight months. Oh, there, I think I felt him kick. It's, it's a little, yeah, right. We are to be cognizant all the time that God is with us, to be pregnant with the presence of God as we journey through life. And how do you do this? You know, the psalmist gives us a clue in Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God, he said, the Lord says, because God is always with you. You are never alone. This is one of the reasons that the Holy Spirit was given. Number two, the Holy Spirit was not only given to be your companion, but the Holy Spirit was sent to be your comforter. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit is my... Hey, I brought something with me this morning. This is off of my couch. Probably needs washing again. Uh, probably full of cat hair. Um, but uh, yeah, this is my comforter, right? Some of you have comforters on your bed or on your couch, and you curl up with them. If it's chilly in the house, you can kind of get warm. You can kind of wrap yourself in this and, and uh, feel warm and cozy. Friends, the Holy Spirit is your comforter. The Holy Spirit envelops you. 
wraps himself around you. You know, some versions of this passage from John chapter 14 uh, render the word counselor, comforter. Other versions use the word helper. The original word here in the Greek is a word called paraclete. And it simply means the one who is around you, who surrounds you, paraclete. Para, like a paralegal, a, a paraeducator, someone who's around The original word in the Greek, paraclete, can mean advocate, intercessor, helper, comforter, counselor. What a comfort to know that in times of difficulty and hardship, the Holy Spirit is advocating for you and for me, interceding for me, even with groans that words do not express. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Praise God for that, because I'll be honest, there are a lot of times that, that I don't know what to pray for. Say, oh my goodness, are we in trouble? Our pastor doesn't know what to pray for. What do we do? Oh my. There are just times where I'm not sure, do I pray for healing or do I pray for the grace to keep going in the midst of that pain? Do we pray for this or do we pray for that? Do we pray for this to happen or that to happen? Uh, do we pray to keep going or to go in a new direction for healing or grace the, to keep moving? Do we pray for this person to be elected or that person to be elected? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and maybe you've been there. Maybe you've come across times when you didn't even know which end was up. Maybe you've come to the end of your rope and there are times where you feel like quitting. We all do. Giving up, giving in, throwing in the towel. This is too hard. We all have times when we would prefer to just walk away or when the way before us is so unclear or difficult or uneasy, maybe even despairing and depressing. And yet in those times, especially in those times, we have a comfort in the presence and the prayers of the Holy Spirit. And even when we don't know what to pray for, whatever words we can, we can kind of spit out, whatever utterances we can, we can give up to the Lord, it, it's like the Holy Spirit takes those and He kind of fixes them up so that as they rise up into heaven, into the ears of, of our holy God, that he, he fixes our prayers and He's interceding for us and He makes it the perfect prayer so that when God hears it, it's, it's just what we need. You have an advocate, you have a helper, you have an interceder, you have a comforter. As the old hymn says, the comforter has come, the comforter has come, the Holy Ghost from heaven, the Father's promise given. Oh, spread the tidings round, wherever man is found, the comforter has come. The question I want to ask you today is where do you need comfort right now in your life? Is there a loss that you're grieving? Is there a burden that you're carrying? Are you feeling down and depressed? Maybe the way before you is unclear and confusing. Maybe you're tired of being alone in this pandemic. Maybe there's a relationship that you're not sure about or a financial concern that you can't pay your bills, a debt that looms over you. Maybe there's a health issue that you're concerned about. Maybe you're feeling worried about the future. Maybe there's a failure, a shortcoming, or a sin that you're wrestling with. 
Maybe fear and anxiety are sometimes getting a grip on you. The good news is that the Holy Spirit was given, not merely as a companion, but also by God to comfort you in times of need. I just want to invite you today as your pastor and friend to just pause from all of the busyness and the craziness and the confusion and all of the things that are swirling around in our minds and in our hearts and just clear that away and maybe just take a moment sometime today before the end of this day to just reflect on this truth and let it sink in. Let it get not just in your mind but in your heart deep down. God has sent us a comforter. Remove the distractions. Turn off the TV. Pull away from your cell phone or computer and just get alone and listen for God to speak. Open your heart anew. I love how God spoke to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. If you go back and read the story as Elijah was waiting for God to speak, Turns out it wasn't through the powerful wind. It wasn't through the earthquake. It wasn't through the fire. No, God spoke to Elijah through a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. You see, the Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. He doesn't necessarily force His way on us. But he speaks often softly in a whisper. What might God be whispering to you today? Maybe he's saying, it's going to be okay. I am with you. Hang in there. I'm fighting for you. I'm advocating for you. I'm interceding for you. The Holy Spirit was sent to be your companion and your comforter. And thirdly, to be your counselor. Say it with me. Your counselor. John 14, verse 14. If you love me, you will obey what I command. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Do you need a little counseling? I know I do. Sometimes I go see Scott Harrison. I had to clear the, clear the cobwebs out of my thinking. I got to reset. Got to get right. You know. The spirit of truth. Never before in my lifetime has there been such a crisis of truth as we see in today's society in our nation today. I mean, you don't know who to believe, the president, the president-elect, Republicans, Democrats, the medical professionals, Fox News, CNN, KWWL, Ron Steele. It's as if there are two vastly different universes. It's like there's two different realities, fake news, alternative facts, and who do you believe? Whom do you trust? What is the truth? As Kevin Osborne, my old buddy, many of you remember him, the late Kevin used to say, there's my version and there's your version, and then there's the truth, usually somewhere in the middle. 
And the good news is that there is one from whom all truth flows. Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, Jesus tells us that this spirit is a spirit of truth. And when he comes, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, says John 16, verse 13. And we may still be discovering that truth today as the spirit continues to guide and move us along in our lives. But praise God, there is a source of truth. Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge. Yes, there is one who guides and who instructs and who counsels and who leads us into all truth, the very Spirit of God, our counselor. And the best part about this counselor, there are no fees, no appointments are needed. It's always accessible, always available, only a prayer away. Where do you need counseling today? Is there an area of your life where you are faced with kind of a decision? Maybe it's an uncertain way before you. Lord, which way do I go? Maybe it's in regard to your job or dealing with coworkers or dealing with your boss. Maybe it's in regard to school or a particular class or choosing a major at college. Maybe it's in your relationships or your choice of friends. Maybe it's in your marriage, your connection with your spouse or your children, your family. And maybe you feel the Spirit kind of nudging you to do something, to say something, to, to reach out to someone, to try something new, to maybe make a New Year's resolution, or set a new goal, start a new ministry. And I invite you today to simply listen and be open to the still, small voice of that Spirit. It's been my experience that the Spirit never fails to give wisdom and counsel when we honestly seek it humbly before Him. Maybe God is whispering something to you today. Maybe God's been trying to get your attention lately through a sequence or series of events or voices that have come. You know, God speaks in all kinds of ways. Sometimes it's right there in His Word. Other times it might come through a song or a sermon, a teaching, a friend, a counsel. Maybe it's just an article you read. Who knows? It could be through nature. And God is saying something to you. He's maybe tapping you on the shoulder. Maybe He wants you to do something. Our problem is not necessarily hearing God speak. It's usually heeding that counsel, obeying the Spirit, having the courage to do what the Spirit has already told us. But He never fails to lead. He is leading you today. Which of these three means the most to you? The Holy Spirit, given by God to be your companion to be your comforter, to be your counselor. Which of these means the most to you, even today? Because the truth is, we're never alone. You're never abandoned. 
You're not an orphan. Jesus has come to you by His Spirit. You need not be anxious or angry. You can be patient and persistent. You can trust God and His Spirit to guide you into all truth in due time. Yes, there is a Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's a part of our creed. Do you? Do you? The interesting thing about belief is it's one thing to believe intellectually, and it's another to live it out in our life. So may God give you the power to believe. May He give Grace Church the presence of His Spirit with us. Let us pray. Lord and God, we come before you today and we just confess, Lord, that there's been so many times where we have muddied the waters, the living water of your Spirit, where we've kind of mucked things up, where we've let sin or distractions get in the way and minimize the presence of your Spirit in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, and help us, God, to know your Spirit's presence, to know your Spirit's power, to live in deep fellowship with you each and every day. Our companion, our comforter, and our counselor. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.